Welcome. Thanks for joining us today. So glad you found us. It is Super Bowl Sunday, and we're glad you're here with us. If this is your first time, want to take a moment and say welcome, and so glad that you're checking us out. And you could do us a favor by clicking on the digital connection card up there in the corner, and you can leave a prayer request. But we'd love to have your uh, name and your email address so we could share some things with you. And if there's a question that you might have, we'd be delighted to try to answer that for you. And we certainly hope this isn't your last time. And if this is your spiritual home, we say welcome to you, and we're grateful, too, that you've uh, found time today to join us. Uh, a couple of things I want to share with you. Delighted that our friends at Love in the Name of Christ had a vision casting uh, lunch this week, and one of the things they shared was the good work that we've been able to do through your generosity and through the good work of our volunteers here at the church on our Pots and Pans team. 32 different times we met the needs of people in the last year. Something like 47 adults and 18 children were blessed by the generosity of new and slightly used kitchenware. Everything from dishes to pots and pans to silverware, cups and mugs. Just a way to encourage people as they start out in a new season in their lives. And glad that we can partner with Love in the Name of Christ to make that happen. And then also you'll notice I've got my He Gets Us t-shirt on. When something big is happening, a movement, a moment, a mission that could change the world. You want to be ready. You want to learn everything you can. And right now, something big is happening. He Gets Us is a multi-year national campaign to raise the respect and relevance of Jesus in our culture. It's starting conversations. It's grabbing attention and changing minds. It's all over Twitter, in Times Square, on billboards and in stadiums. And on February 12th, you'll see it on the biggest stage in America. You'll see Jesus in the Super Bowl. The conversation is starting. Are you ready for it? There's this incredible evangelistic opportunity that's going to happen today, two different times, one between the first and second quarter. If you're watching for it, a 30-second ad will run then. And then also a 60-second ad will run later in the third quarter, where we're going to unpack this idea of Jesus being in the Super Bowl. If you've been around here the last couple of weeks, we've shared about this incredible evangelistic opportunity that we have later today through what's Jesus being in the Super Bowl. We've partnered with a ministry called He Gets Us. It's a national marketing campaign. And the whole purpose of that is to help you start gospel conversations with the people in your life who don't know Jesus. The He Gets Us campaign is gonna run two ads, a 30 second ad that will be between the first and the second quarters, and then a 60 second ad that will appear in the third quarter. And the whole point of this is to help create conversations for you to engage people that you know who might be far from God. If you didn't get a chance last week to jump on, I would encourage you to simply text two words, Super Bowl, to 70193. That's Super Bowl, two words, to 70193. And you can learn more and you'll get some information back about how the commercials are gonna run and they'll give you also some additional information that can equip you in the conversations that are going to come because of people seeing this ad. The Great Commission that Jesus talked about in Matthew 28 can only be accomplished if we are all spreading 
the word about Jesus' confounding love and his forgiveness, and by inviting those in our lives to learn more about him and to join us here at church on Sunday, here online or even in the building. And it's our prayer here at Linden Road that these ads would empower you to share the gospel. If you'd like to be part of the prayer effort around this, you can also text the word prayer or the word connect, either one, to 833-473-2173. That's the word prayer or the word connect to 833-473-2173. And we'll be able to communicate with you on how you can leverage this conversation in a positive way. And that's why we're followers of Jesus. We take this great commission and we take it to the world and share the hope that Jesus brings in restoring people in their relationship with God because of his great love for us. And that's why we worship. We're out here today, walking around, talking to people, asking them, if the church was listening, what would you tell them? Uh, you know, the church is very, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm having a problem with the church today. Very rarely does the church give actual help, and that's what I mean, because that's its original goal, is to, you know, be God's hands and feet, uh, but really, it's, you know, they're not really providing real help. Yeah, it's just like, I more trust, like, people I know better, and like, it's not that I don't trust the church, it's more that I, like, wouldn't reach out to them for, like, the, like person I'd go for. Uh, I'm not religious. Well, we're not, we're not Christians. I'm not really religious. I'm not a religious person. I think that the idea of the church has been really corrupted, and there are a lot of churches that aren't actually doing what the church preaches it's supposed to do. And so for that reason, I think I'm very hesitant to it in general. It's more about congregation numbers rather than, like, touching people's hearts. And it's easily, it's easy to make that confusion when you get into it. When you think of the church, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Priests and praying and ceremonies. A group of people coming together to worship God. Where people go and pray. Habitual things on Sundays most mostly. If you feel like you've done something and you need like forgiveness, like you turn to God. So how can the church better connect with people? Um, I think I just I kinda live in the gray area, so anything that feels too boxed in or black and white doesn't feel um, aligned with me. The church? Um, I don't know. I don't think that I would ever go into a church on my own. I don't know, maybe change the image because especially now, there's, it's not very positive. I have no idea, never thought of it. It just feels like a secret that everybody else is in on but me. We're in our second week of our series called Church, and as the video introduction shared, there's a lot of people in the world that aren't quite sure what to do with this thing called church. And so we just want to clarify that. Last week we talked about three ideas about what it means to be the church, about the kind of church that we want to be. We start out with the idea that we want to be a church that loves God and loves others with no limits. And how we put that into practice is that we want to be a church that's intensely devoted to being in fellowship together. As we read the stories from Acts chapter 2 last week about how they did life together in the early church. And we also want to be a church that's irrationally generous. So again, the great uh, celebration of 
the good work that God's done through our pots and pans ministry or through our serving the meals at St. Luke's and the other things that we do here in the community. And then finally, the third point about what kind of church we want to be is simply this, a church that unapologetically shares the love of who Jesus Christ is and what he came to do and to help people transform their lives. When we think about what it means to be a church that demonstrates those three things, I think back to what Linden Road has been known for over the years, and I mean literally over the decades. We're beginning our 204th year here in the Mansfield community. As we've mentioned, we started downtown. Even this week, I had an opportunity to talk to our friend Jim Walker. Jim lives in St. Louis, but he shared some memories of growing up in the church that was downtown and then also the church that is now here. I have to admit, the last couple of weeks, the church has looked a little different because we've had an issue with one of the water pumps for the boiler system. And so we've had to meet not in this space, the sanctuary, but we've met in the older space that is our Linden Hall. But check out this picture from back in the day when Linden Hall was the worship sanctuary and how full the church was. And then even a picture here of what the sanctuary looked like on a Sunday morning uh, in a much different kind of way in a much different day. But reminiscing, as I did with Jim, about the amazing impact that the church had on the community and in particular on his story. When I think about who we are as a church and I think about these ideas of of how we want to live out uh, the mission of of loving God and loving others with no limits in uh, the year 2023, I'm reminded sometimes that things get complicated. We've had to meet not in the space we're in today, but actually those of us that are here in the building on Sunday have met in Linden Hall which was the original uh, worship space when the church was first built after having been a downtown church. We've had to do that because the boiler system has a problem and it's not sufficient to heat the full building, so we've been able to keep the hall warm and comfortable. And we've enjoyed the change of space just as created a different kind of feeling as we gather on Sunday morning for worship. And yet we know that in this season, the church is looking much different. And then as we talk about the idea that Jesus is in the Super Bowl, of understanding that how we uh, meet people in their needs is, is much different today than it was, say, in the 1950s. We could spend some time criticizing and trying to assess that, but we know that we're not going back to that kind of life. And so as gospel has not changed, the hope of who Jesus is and the rescue that he brings from our sin and the salvation he provides, yet the, that message is core. But how we talk about that and the method by which we communicate with people is really important. But I do want to think about for a moment when we talk to people who are outside the faith, and as the message introduction sets it up, there's lots of people that are struggling with what the church is and what the church isn't, and how people feel judged and even feeling not welcomed to uh, not knowing how to even go into a church building. And we have to be reminded about what the gospel is really about, why Jesus came. In the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2, verse 17, he says, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Well, if we're the church, and we're going to be relevant to our neighbors and our friends, we're going to have to rethink some things. And it's interesting in this particular story that I want to lean into today, this story out of the Gospel of Mark, Jesus is coming back to sort of his uh, base of operations, to Capernaum. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. 
and he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to Jesus a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. And what I want to do today, I want to look at the different types of people that we see in this story. And I want to suggest that we see the same types of people in our churches today. In every church, you're going to find someone who is in need. Uh, Here we have this gentleman who's a paralytic. He can't walk. He's lying on a mat. We're not sure of his name, but for sake of making it easy, let's just call him Matt. All right? And yet, when we think about this, we're always going to know that within the life of the church, there's always going to be someone in need. It might even be you. When we think about the things that people are battling, whether it's depression or maybe there's a trial that you're going through. It could be a physical trial or it could be an emotional or mental trial. Maybe you're dealing with loss. Maybe there's a loved one that you've recently lost and you're working through that. And maybe just because of your circumstance, you're finding that life is hopeless. Even some of the men I I meet with in jail, there was a gentleman this week who is in his mid-30s, and yet when he was a young teenager, he got married early, and yet he lost his best friend and wife to a drug overdose. And he admitted to me that he had never really processed that, and that his addictions spurred from that tragic loss and not having dealt with it. Or maybe you're a single parent and you're trying to figure what it means to be a parent and how to offer the best guidance you can to your child. Or maybe it's that you're on your own. Maybe that you're alone, that you've lost someone significant in your life and now you're living life by yourself. It could be that you're struggling financially or it could be that you're pushing through anxiety and just all that comes with that. And what we wanna say is that there is always someone in need in our community. And so we see that here in the story from Mark's gospel. But what we also see here, and it's the second kind of person that we're introduced to, is someone who cares. We see someone, not just someone, we actually meet four men who who care for this guy named Matt. Now, we aren't quite sure necessarily how they got connected to him, but we do know that if we think about who these four men are, you can imagine a conversation that they might have heard about what Jesus was doing at, uh, when they were at breakfast one day and realizing that they have this good friend of theirs, Matt, that they wanted to take and have him meet Jesus so that he can be healed. And it really became simply about a road trip for them. And so what happens here? We have these four friends that carry their best friend to Jesus to meet him. And they carry him to this house where Jesus was teaching. Now, okay, so we've met Uh, someone who's in need. That's our friend Matt. And we know he's got these four friends who care for him. But what's interesting as we read the story here, as we come upon this house, what's clear about the house is that it is full. And so what we find here is, uh, and it's the third kind of person that's here in the story, is we find someone who's preoccupied. Basically, the house is filled wall to wall. And it's so full that these four friends of Matt, they can't get him in to see Jesus. Now, when you think about that, what's going on here? 
as these four men carry Matt to this house of where Jesus is speaking, and we know the house is full, but let's take a look at what the house looked like. It was built out of probably volcanic rock. Its roof would have been made out of wooden beams that was covered with straw and clay and manure. That's just how they did it then. And the reason they used clay is that uh, when it rained, the clay would absorb the water and it would seal the roof. And so it would make the house a, a safe place. And then eventually grass would grow on it. And basically the roof of the house became a place to entertain because it was flat. And the same time in that culture, if the door was open to the home, it meant that they were open to being hospitable and welcoming people in. So as Jesus begins his time of ministry with these people in Capernaum, as people walk up and, and begin to fill the house and the room and the roof, all of a sudden you've got people who are preoccupied because they don't see Matt and his friends coming from behind. Everybody's looking to Jesus. And so they don't aren't aware. They're just preoccupied. They're listening to Jesus and hearing him preach. And they're totally engaged, like any good church person would be. But totally oblivious and totally preoccupied so much that they don't realize that there's this person of need that four friends have brought to meet Jesus. It might even be suggested that the people who are there in the home, their back is, is to uh, Matt and his friends, that they don't realize that there's this person in need. Uh, that's like so many of us, right, in, in a certain way. Uh, we've got people who are listening to their favorite Christian radio station or their favorite Christian uh, Spotify playlist, uh, they've got the, you know, the fact that the, the I Love Jesus, too, on their bumper sticker. They've listened to their favorite podcasts, and they're learning all sorts of good things about who God is. And yet what's amazing here in this story is they're preoccupied, and they don't realize the need of the person that's right there with them. And yet that's the context of where maybe even today, as we heard in the introduction video to this series, of how people perceive the church today, of seeing that we're irrelevant and that people don't want to be religious. Well, I don't want to be religious either. I, I want to have spiritual conversations with people. And so what happens here in this story? So you've got these four guys that are the friends of Matt, and basically they are operating from a perspective, and we're going to see here in a moment as we've already read the story, that their faith has brought them to the point of realizing that when it comes to God, there's always going to be a way. And I think that's part of what we take away for ourselves is no matter what we're working through is that for us individually, there's always going to be a way with God, that he's always going to show up. And it may not be exactly the way we think it's going to be. In fact, as a church, we believe we want people to love God and love others without any limits and that we'll do whatever it takes to help engage people in knowing who Jesus is. That's what it's all about for us in a radical sort of irrational way with our time and our talent and our treasures. And so what's interesting here is there, there's got to be a brainstorming session between these four men as they're trying to figure out how do we get our friend Matt in front of Jesus. And to be honest, there's no bad ideas when it comes to something like this. They're going to have to get creative. And it's like, well, what happens? Well, uh, basically, they start digging a hole through the roof, digging through the manure, and then they basically drop their friend right before Jesus. So what happens here? Well, Jesus is looking on, and he sees these four men. And again, Mark continues in saying what? When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. 
and what I want us to see here, because this is really important as we look at this story, is that faith isn't just an internal belief. It isn't just something inside of us. That this idea of faith in our internal being is so strong at times, and particularly in these men, that it shows up in actions and can be seen in a very practical way. And the truth is, I see that in the faith of those people that call Linden Road home currently, as well as those that have gone in uh, generations before of the good work that they've done in serving in this community and, and giving of their time and their talents and their treasures to make a difference in this community, to be welcoming and to, to offer forgiveness and ultimately to, to show love to all around them. And there's something really fundamental here that I didn't see, I haven't seen in the number of times I've read this story. It just came out as I unpacked it for this message today, is that the four men didn't bring Matt, this gentleman that was paralyzed, they didn't bring him to Jesus for forgiveness. They were bringing him to Jesus so that he could be healed. And yet what we need to see here, and it's the big idea for this week, is that sometimes God gives us what we need before he gives us what we want. Let me say that again. Sometimes God gives us what we need before he gives us what we want. Or maybe saying it this way, that sometimes what God does is he gives you uh, this instead of that, and you'll have to fill in the blanks for this and that. I think that's really important to see. So as we think about the people that we meet in this story, and that we say we also see in our churches, that we can see someone who is in need, and that's our friend Matt. That we also can see that there are people who care, and that's our four friends that have carried Matt to Jesus. But we also know as we approach the house that there's people who are preoccupied and not paying attention to the needs of those around them. And then also, and it's the reality of life as we think about uh, the lives that we live in community and in relationship, we're always going to find someone who is critical. In fact, it's interesting continuing here in Mark's gospel in chapter 2, beginning with verse 6 here. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? So what's going on here? Well, Jesus, you can't forgive him. And, and certainly you men shouldn't have dug through the roof, right? Because that's not how we do it in a church that's biblical. Well, what's interesting here is Jesus doesn't let the critics take away from what he's trying to have his people see and learn. So Jesus doesn't stop for the critics. In fact, he goes on to say here in, in the next couple of verses, beginning with verse 10, So Jesus said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. And he got up, he took his mat, and he walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. That's verses 10 through 12 of chapter 2. That's incredible, right? He says to Matt, Jesus says, take up your mat. You don't need it anymore. And for us as followers of Jesus, what we need to hear is this idea that I don't know what it is that you need to lay down, whether it's uh, your addiction or grudge or shame that you've experienced. That's what we're invited to leave behind. Just like the Matt who takes his mat and, and gets up and walks away, and that's where we get to take whatever has paralyzed us in a metaphoric kind of way to keep us far from Christ, our sin, our shame, our regret, and yet we need to lay it down. Now, again, as we think about the people that we've met here, 
that we've met someone in need and we've met people who care and that we've met people who are preoccupied and then we also have met people who are critical. The final kind of person we meet here is, and I think this is true for all of us, is that we're all someone who can be changed. That all of us in our story can experience the love of Jesus in a fresh way. That we're promised, and we looked at this a couple times here in the last month, of this idea of who we are in Christ. This idea of being a new creation. This idea that if we are a new creation, that what we were is gone. That what happens in our encounter with Jesus is that he sets us free. And that the beautiful thing that we see is in the story of Matthew, this beautiful thing that we see in this paralyzed man named Matt is that it can be our story, just like his story, that we can find wholeness and restoration and freedom in all that God wants to give us through what Christ has done for us on the cross. And so the question becomes to each of us then is, who do you see? Do you see someone in need? Do you see someone who cares? Do you see someone who's preoccupied, someone who's critical, even a person who can change? And I guess for all of us, we have to figure out where we are in the story. So when you look at this list, what don't you see? And I would argue that it's the same thing that we see today in our churches. We don't see all the people who are not there. There's all sorts of people that are not here. There are people who I've invited on a regular basis. They're not here. There's maybe people that you've invited, and they're not here for all sorts of reasons. And they're not here for all sorts of reasons. In fact, as we come out of COVID, and we know about all the folks who used to go to church, there's all sorts of folks that I run into on a regular basis who have yet to sort of reconnect to their faith community. And that's a problem. And it's partly the fact that we've gotten out of the habit of worshiping. And particularly as we come out of the global pandemic and life uh, becomes normal again. And it's interesting, the only thing that really hasn't returned to normal is the local church. It's, I don't know what it is about that. So when I think back to the history of this church in particular, and the amazing work that it did in so many different ways, and the stories that are told to me by uh, good men and women, and yet knowing that there's so much yet that needs to be done. So as we think about who we are as a church, as Linden Road, and even as the capital C church of the Church of Jesus Christ in our community, we know that we need to be a people that are devoted, we know that we are a people that are irrationally generous with our time and our talent and our treasures. And we know that we are unapologetically sharing the love of Jesus with those in need in our community because we're all broken people. And the world is filled with broken people. And the beautiful thing is that Jesus saves us. I'm reminded every time we celebrate communion here that we do it together from the floor. I want to be very clear in saying to all that the foot of the cross is level for all of us, that we all bring our brokenness and our sin. The beautiful thing is that Jesus restores us to our rightful place because of what he's done on the cross for us. And I want to say as clearly as I can that we are all someone who is in need. We are all standing in need for God to show up in different ways, but yet at the same time for God to show up. And Part of the task for each of us is to become people who care, who are concerned about those who are far from Christ. 
And if we do that and we lean into the conversations together, then what will happen to each of us individually is that we will be changed by what God does in and through us. And two, to be reminded, and this is again going back to the big idea for today, that sometimes God gives us what we need before he gives us what we want. And so as we think about where we stand in need, I pray that God will meet you in that moment through what Jesus has done. Let's pray. Jesus, we're grateful for the life that you've given us. We are thankful that we can be a people who can be changed. And so I pray now through your Holy Spirit that we lean into all that you have for us. And we pray for strength and we pray for boldness to share the faith with others who need to know of the hope of the gospel. And we pray it in your strong name. Amen.